0: Coming up on this week's episode of RSVP.
1: My colleague and I were persuaded to dress up as wenches.
0: For the door to open and just to be greeted by Richard Branson.
1: And I was lying there for about 30 minutes, not daring to move because I was absolutely petrified.
2: It's time for a little RSVP The show full of rants and stories Visions and pains and so much more With special guests and fun galore Hotels, destinations, nightmares and dreams Confessions and everything in between So sit back, relax, pour a while No whiskey, get comfy Cause it's time for RSVP
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of RSVP, the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for a little bit of fun and a whole lot of inspiration. This week, I'm joined by Janina Monahan, and she is a communications and events freelancer who has been in the industry for many, many years. She's going to be sharing her most memorable experiences, her dream event, and responding to some of your anonymous confessions. Talking of which, if you would like to submit your very own confession, all you have to do is email cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. That's cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. And stick around because at the very end of the episode, our own one-man in-house band, Sam McNeil, the UK General Manager of Song Division, is going to be wrapping up the entire episode with one of his fantastic songs. And also a big thank you to Convention Bureau Italia who have sponsored this episode. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy the rants, stories, visions and pains of RSVP. Hi Janina, thank you so much for coming on this episode of RSVP. I like to reminisce on on how um, I've met some of the guests on here, if if we've met, and uh, in our case... It was actually a magical trip to Quebec and Montreal. Uh,
1: it really was. It, oh, that was... Do you know, Callum, that trip had such an impact on me. Um, it, re- it was such a special trip. I loved it. Do you know what? It was around this time as well, wasn't it? Four. Ye- it was four years ago.
0: Which absolutely blows my mind that time could move so quickly. But yeah, it was epic and actually... I really, really enjoyed it. And we, you know, we went all over Montreal and, you know, we were the only ones in the group that opted for ice skating, I believe, on the lake.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the ice skating was really fun, although it wasn't that much fun. Because I remember falling over and I don't think you showed me an awful lot of sympathy. That sticks in my mind.
0: Hell, hath my fury like a woman (laughs) scorned. Um, I apologise. And actually, karma got me back because the last time I went ice skating, I fell straight on my arse and it was in front of a lot of people as well no one showed me any sympathy so that that must have been it it was karma
1: what goes around comes around but no it was it was a it was a really it was a really great trip lots of memories made and a, fa- and a brilliant venue as well
0: yeah no it was it was fantastic and it was I think John Lennon's bedding was there wasn't it
1: yeah it was and I um because when I got back I wrote a blog and um it was all about kind of you know, being a woman in the industry, being a a working mom and traveling. and I, I kind of wrote wrote something about that and and I played the played the track to my kids when I got home as well, give give peace a chance was yeah, yeah, that was the tune. So yeah, yeah, lots of lots of fun times we had.
0: The first part of RSVP is the R, which stands for rant, and you're a very opinionated woman, and I love it but I would like to hear what your specific rant is going to be.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's an interesting one really, because I think there is a lot to rant about, but then equally, I feel like I've got to a point where, you know, just kind of try and take things in my stride a little bit more now. Um, but the thing that I wanted to talk about was essentially, um, like how we treat people and, and hierarchy. And yeah, so that's, that, that's the, that's the, the, the topic of the rant. Um, so I appreciate that, you know, obviously there needs to be a captain to steer a ship. That's what he or she does. But it's the crew that, that make it sail, right? And not just specifically for our industry, but for any industry. But if we focus in on our industry and the hospitality industry, um, it's what I've witnessed, particularly on site that I kind of wanted to focus on. So I've never really enjoyed the term sort of supplier. I kind of prefer the idea of partner because that's what it should be. It should be a partnership. Everyone's striving towards the same goal. You know, we're staging an event. We want to create memories for the delegates. But somehow when you get on site, there seems to be this weird pecking order. And as soon as you get the DMC or the hotel or the venue together with like us as the agency, and then throw the client into the mix, it turns into this weird structure that is, is felt rather than seen. And I kind of think that is born out of years of, of top-down management as opposed to flatter structures, which is, you know, something that that some companies are are heading towards now. Um, as opposed to working towards the shared goal, working collaboratively. I mean, I've been in situations where both the clients and I'm actually really sad to say some past colleagues have been really, really rude and disrespectful to those people who are kind of in service roles. So those who are checking people in, who are parking the cars, who are cleaning bedrooms or, you know, serving the food. And I mean, I've been in pre-cons where clients have demanded, or or even colleagues. Um, have demanded that a more senior member of staff is present Um, and when more senior members of staff have been present they've completely disregarded the junior staff member who's kind of taking part in the meeting as though they don't even exist.
0: It just kind of emphasises that whole, you know, if someone's requesting for a senior member there then it means that they have belittled that person and then if the senior member then comes along and ignores that person it just encourages that belittlement almost it's funny because one of my first ever jobs was um working at a hotel but i was in you know i was a waiter i was a casual staff zero hour contract type thing and you know the the bottom of this so-called hierarchy um, and then now, obviously, going to these conferences and events and things and seeing those individuals, I have yeah. the highest level of empathy for them because I'm like, oh, I, I remember doing that job. And it's almost like, it's
1: almost like a, a
0: fondness towards them. But there are so many people that feel the complete opposite and they're like, oh, you're here to serve me well, you know, fetch me my grapes and fan me with a palm leaf. You
1: know, Exactly that. And, and the reality is that... You need all the services on the side. You know, each person plays their part. It's not just about the head of operations or the sales director. And what's more, these guys, they want to feel fulfilled in their jobs. You know, they want to feel like they are part of the shared purpose. And it makes me think of that, um, you know, that really famous quote about the janitor who who worked for NASA. And when he was asked by uh, President Kennedy, you know, what, what, do, what do you do here? And he said, well, so I, I helped to put men on the moon. Um and, and that's the point you know let people feel part of the bigger picture about a part of your event because if they feel like that if they feel valued and appreciated they will move mountains to make stuff happen.
0: The next part of RSVP is is three parts really it's you having the opportunity to tell stories of your most memorable experiences. The first experience I want to hear about, though, is your most memorable destination experience.
1: So I wanted to at least try to bring something different and and, and hopefully a bit of something inspirational to the table. So I thought I'd share a memory of a destination that possibly many members of, of my peer group haven't heard of. So I'll, I'll try you out first, Callum. Like, Have you heard of a place called the Island of Zult?
0: No, I haven't. And to be honest, it sounds fictional.
1: OK, so the spelling part is S-Y-L-T and its location is in the very north of Germany. It is just by the Danish border and it's connected to the mainland by an 11 kilometre long causeway called the Hindenburg Dam. To get there is actually a flipping logistical nightmare. So maybe that's why, you know, many event professionals perhaps haven't heard of it because they potentially dismiss it immediately. But once you've done it a few times, it's actually really not that bad. It does have its own airport. It's very tiny, um, but you can fly into it directly onto the island. Um, it's an indirect flight from the UK. And to be honest, you're better off just flying to directly to Hamburg, And then you take a train, it's a three hour journey, straight up to the island. And it is a really, really well-regarded holiday hotspot for Germans. And just to give you an idea of the vibe, the Germans refer to it as the Monte Carlo of Germany or the Hawaii of Europe.
0: I love that. I, I I was thinking, I was trying to picture it, and now I have I have a very specific image in my head now.
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, let me try and paint a bit, a bit more of a picture. It's really clean. It's very picturesque, with really cute um, kind of clothing boutiques, and there is a huge emphasis on wellness as well, with activities such as something called wandering, which is where you go walking in marshland on your bare feet. And the mud there is supposed to be really super good for your skin. Um, loads of amazing restaurants, many sort of specialise in fish, unsurprisingly. And it has a, a collection of kind of small luxury hotels. And one sort of quite well-known one in this sort of German population would be the Hotel Stadt Hamburg which is in the centre of Vesterland, and it has quite a few famous people visit. But what it's super famous for are the white sandy beaches, which are peppered with these really cool white beach baskets. And if you're feeling flush, you can hire hire them for the day or for the week, or if you're like feeling super wealthy, you could just buy one outright. But it's on the North Sea, so it can uh, sometimes experience quite crazy weather conditions, and it's on the same latitude as Newcastle upon time.
0: Right, because I was thinking this, when you said it was north of Germany, and then you said white sandy beaches, I was like, I'm getting such mixed messages here. Yeah,
1: it's like Caribbean meets like Northumberland coastline or something. But the other thing that it's quite famous for is its naturist movement, which started in the 1920s. So it's famous for its nudist beaches and... I wonder sometimes if that was the real reason why my parents used to like to go there on holiday.
0: We've had a fantastic insight there into into your parents. This week's podcast is sponsored by Convention Bureau Italia, the benchmark for everybody wanting to organise an event in Italy. Learn more at italyathand.com about how you can participate as a hosted buyer to Italy at Hand 2021. The most interactive mice event ever and it's taking place in milan this december that's right it's time to get back with your italian partners the next story that i'd like to hear from you is your most memorable experience of a hotel
1: i'll just quickly tell you this domestic one it's a hotel called coom abbey in in warwickshire and up until a few years ago it was known as the place where I got engaged. That's where my husband proposed in the lovely hotel grounds. But the memory has now been kind of overshadowed by a work event and it's for a tech company. They had a meeting which was followed by a medieval banquet in the evening and um, my colleague and I were persuaded to dress up as wenches. I mean that's that's just a side story to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but I mean that that isn't that is another story but afterwards we tagged on to a night tour of the property which is said to be haunted and the guy just really really spooked us and I'm easily spooked I can't watch horror movies like I just get scared to death So that night, I climbed into my four-poster bed, and I was lying there for about 30 minutes, not daring to move, because I was absolutely petrified. I decided I couldn't cope with it any longer, so I mustered up the bravery to dive out of bed, bang on my colleague's door, which was literally next door. She opened the door, walked past her, jumped straight into bed, and we spent the night together.
0: Nothing better to bond people than just a little bit of fear and some medieval costumes.
1: I know. (laughs) Oh, such a good moment.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. The final experience I'd like to hear is your most memorable food experience.
1: A couple of years ago, I was really lucky enough to be invited to a good friend's wedding at Le Manoir aux Quatre Saisons in Oxfordshire. And it was a really small, intimate affair, and it was it was really special. And the wedding breakfast was eight courses plus um, petit fours and, and wines to match each course. So there were dishes like Cornish crab with caviar, Dover sole, langoustine, and ginger consommé, beetroot with horseradish sorbet, uh, rhubarb cappuccino. You know, it was it was so fancy. It was absolutely beautiful, and the whole dining experience was was amazing but the reason I think this is this is like a theory that I have as to why the food was so good was because when I met the chef so the chef came into the dining room and it was chef Gary Jones and he came in and he was he was chatting to the bride and groom and then just just as he was leaving I thought I feel like I really need to ask him a question so I just said, oh, you know, do you mind me asking like, where your passion for food came from and ha- how you kind of got into this career? And he told me a story that I'll just really quickly share with you. He'd been working at another restaurant for a few years and an apprentice joined the team and she was brand new, really quite daunted by the kitchen and the people within it and he really took her under his wing and mentored her taught her everything he knew um and because she was sort of keen to learn that kind of spurred him on as well he you know he really wanted to share a lot of his knowledge with her and anyway, one day she mentioned to him that her uncle was looking for a chef to help him with his overseas business. And would he be interested? So he was really keen to sort of learn a little bit more about this opportunity. And so he went along to this guy's house, knocked on the door. And um, I don't know if you know the story, but the guy who opened the door was Richard Branson. And after a chat, he offered Gary the job as his private chef on Necker Island. Now, clearly, Gary is a great chef, he's super passionate about food. Um, but actually, it was his kindness that he'd shown to Richard's niece that kind of ultimately got him the foot in the door for working on Necker. And, you know, I like to sort of think, you know, maybe that's why the food was tasted so nice, because he really creates it with passion and kindness.
0: That is incredible. I did not know that story. I've never heard that story. But I love the way that karma has come around in such a, such a strong way. And to, you know, to take someone under your wing, which is pretty selfless, to be honest, there's not really anything you can kind of gain from, from taking your time to, to help others um, in that kind of way. I'd love to have seen his face knocking on the door. I mean, obviously it must have been a big house and he must have thought, oh, this guy's well off. But then for the door to open and just to be greeted by Richard Branson, like I'd literally, I think I'd fall over. So the next part of RSVP is the V, which is an opportunity for you to paint a vision of your most imaginative event possible There are no limitations and you're a very imaginative person. So I feel like this is something that you probably enjoyed thinking of.
1: Oh, so I hope you're not going to be disappointed now that you, now that you've built, built that up. I feel the, I feel the pressure. So I'm really curious about the B Corp movement and the rising companies striving for B Corp status, which for anybody who's listening who, who, is not familiar with what B Corp is. It stands for Better Corporation. And it's a new kind of business that sort of places planet, purpose and people equal to profit. It's a movement where it makes business a force for good, essentially. Um, So I would really love to organise an event for all those businesses to come together in like a sort of C2 Montreal Meets secret cinema kind of styly, um, something really immersive, really inspiring and motivational, you know, all those lovely words. Um, And I can't tell you the location because it would be secret, so secret that even I don't know it. But there would be an element of theatre and the purpose of the event would be to bring all these people together, like all the like-minded people who want to do good things in the world and for them to be involved in sessions that create solutions to kind of world problems that we're facing at the moment, such as climate change, for example, and there would also be a group of school children who would share their worries, their concerns, their anxieties about the future and work together with these businesses to kind of offer out solutions, bring new ideas to the table, bring new perspectives so that the grown ups are learning from the next generation. And vice
0: versa it's great it's such a great event and and I'm not surprised, knowing you i'm not surprised that the the purpose of this event would be so altruistic and and good, you know because you you're an advocate for so many things um and have, and have done so many great things for the industry in in lots of different places and so this kind of event sounds right up your street like it it sounds like Janina turned into an event.
1: It would obviously have to culminate in a party. And I'm really lucky I've got a really amazing group of friends, super talented friends. So rather than have known artists, I'd love to book all my mates to um, like create theatrical backdrops, artwork, um, provide the music and, and spoken word performances and, you know, entertainment such as those things.
0: The final part of RSVP is the pains. It's where someone will write in with a confession. And I promise this confession was picked out before speaking to you. But after listening throughout this interview, I feel you're going to be passionate about this confession. That's all I'm going to say. So here we go. Dear Callum, I was DJing at an event and had been told by the organiser prior That there would be food included. On the night, however, I was told that that would not be the case, which did of course annoy me and put me in an awkward and hungry situation because if I left to go get some food, there would be no music. I pleaded again with the organiser, but they didn't seem to care. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and I ordered a pizza for delivery. The delivery man soon arrived and then had to make his way across the floor with my pizza in hand, much to many of the guests' envy. The smell had engulfed the entire room and the organiser was fuming.
1: Oh my God, this is amazing.
0: (laughs) I then had guests asking for a slice, so I decided to incentivize each piece based on good music requests. If the songs kept people on the floor dancing, they were awarded a slice of pizza. In fact, it ended up being such a great night because of this ad hoc game. And I didn't starve. The organiser, however, continued to look at me as though she was chewing wasps.
1: That is absolutely that. Oh gosh, that has really made me laugh. I love it. I love this DJ.
0: I was going to say, what a genius way to like kind of get, get your own back a little bit. And rightly so
1: well i definitely resonate with that because i definitely suffer from getting hangry Uh, to be fair if they've been promised some food um and then somehow on the night this food wasn't forthcoming You know, they they have to take matters into their own hands.
0: I said that this would resonate with you, but I didn't think it was because you're a hangry kind of person. I I was saying maybe because of your rant, because your rant was pretty much talking about this hierarchy and like the treatment of people in the service roles. And you were like, yeah, I get really hangry too. And if I haven't eaten, oh, there's problems.
1: (laughs) Well, that's just one side of it, isn't it? That's one side of it. The other thing I really, really commend, the ingenious use of engagement with the pizza slice and the music request. So quite frankly, if I was the organizer, I think I would be kissing the DJ saying good on you this is amazing you've like really you know you've brought the vibe you've really created this atmosphere everybody's loving it doesn't matter about your pizza smell but yeah to your point with the rant yeah I mean that that's you know if yeah.
0: I was the DJ, I wouldn't want to share my pizza, especially if you're that hungry and you're starving. You've gone to the the desperate measures of ordering a pizza to your to your set. And yet he's sharing them out, just giving them out willy nilly. So he's, he's clearly must have got a buy one, get one free offer or something.
1: Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Maybe he or she got a chocolate pizza for dessert. Have you had one of those chocolate pizzas? <laughs>
0: I have. And actually, top notch top-notch again i wouldn't share that either
1: you wouldn't no a
0: bit like joey from friends you know joey doesn't share food
1: Uh, yeah no i love that that's that is such a brilliant brilliant story um oh wouldn't it be amazing to know who the organizer was because um they don't sound like much fun do they (laughs)
0: I know. That's that's the worst thing, especially that image of them chewing wasps in the corner as well at the end, yeah. like, you know, all grumpy. And, and you know, it, I'm getting like the impression of like Cinderella's like stepmother, you know, that kind of like image where like, no, you shall not eat and you shall not go to the ball.
1: You shall not have any degree of fun.
0: Yeah. And then like, oh, they've somehow managed to get food regardless. And it's like, Quietly like stewing in the corner.
1: Yeah, well that goes back to your karma point, doesn't it? You know, they should have just provided the entertainment with some food.
0: No, but what a great way to turn it round in your favour. So I do absolutely love that story. That was that was a great confession. And I I didn't even know that it would tie in so well with your rant. So that just top and tailed this episode so perfectly.
2: The ship of the crew makes it sail You treat people equal and they won't fail The island is silk it's the place to be Feels like a Monte Carlo or Hawaii The white sandy beaches, the amazing food Did I forget to mention everybody's new? Let man for the ultimate island experience Don't believe you'll end up sharing a bed with your colleague Janina's dream events in a secret location driven by